1: Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Von Galt, and today we talk about what true spirituality is and how we can explore the final frontier of consciousness with Yogit Monk and Ananda Marga meditation teacher dada gunamuktananda now dada welcome to Merkava chakras
2: thank you i'm really happy to be with you yeah you.
1: yeah there's so many different meditation techniques and i've studied a lot of different meditation techniques in buddhism and hinduism and others and i i'm always fascinated that there's even more and i have not heard about ananda um yet or have tried that one so we have a lot to discuss about the different ways in which you do meditation and connect to to the subtle energy of consciousness within you and everybody else so before we get into that can you please tell us your story for how you got into this work
2: okay well um i've been meditating now for the last 30 years uh, since 91 actually so it's been 30 years and um, I was uh, in, initially I, I was uh, just a practitioner I wasn't a teacher and uh, I um, I got into it because I was looking for a deeper meaning in life I was um, I felt that uh, life was superficial and- and meaningless without without going deeper into the question of what are we doing here uh, who am i who am, who am i really beyond what society has labeled me and uh, beyond what I've been brought up to believe as my you know sense of self, my sense of reality. I felt that there was a deeper meaning to existence. And so I um, I got into doing this meditation and uh, I haven't looked back since. I, um, I As soon as I learned, I started practicing and uh, I've been practicing ever since.
1: So how and did then- you find this meditation? Did, was it offered in your, your college or was this offered in some rec? Office that you walk by?
2: No, it was actually uh, after I left uh, uh, after I left college. I was um, I was spending a lot of time just um, reading a lot about spirituality and being, and books about yoga and meditation as well, and. I I was reading the um, I used to be into the Castaneda books, the Carlos Castaneda books. I don't know if you know them, and uh, so he talks about the concept of the guru um, because he had his uh, his, his guru, and um, I developed. Uh, well, he was a he was a um, an Indian uh, uh, American Indian uh, Native American Indian shaman his guru, so he put, of course, there's some, uh, there's some um, debate as to whether it was real or not, but uh, my take on it was that it didn't matter because his, uh, his um, portrayal of a guru was so, was so, um, uh, it, it, it was such a beautiful portrayal and, and, mm. it, and, and it really um, resonated with me the Whole concept of uh, uh, someone having attained a higher state and being a very wise and uh, um, insightful teacher. So I developed, uh, I developed a um, a real desire to have my own guru. And I I believe it's then that the the real guru, which is you know, in yoga, we say that uh, the the guru is not a person. The guru is God teaching you through a form. The guru is the high consciousness, the greater self, teaching you through a particular form which which happens to be enlightened or self-realized. So I believe that's when the, the guru or God, the greater consciousness mm-hmm. kind of took over. There's, a, there's actually a saying in yoga, when the, um, when the disciple is ready, the guru appears. So then I, I think I was guided to finding this path I, uh, because what happened was uh, I, one day I said to myself, enough reading. I don't want to read anymore. I Mm -hmm. want to practice. I want to do Mm -hmm. something practically. I want to find my own guru. I want to, I want to, um, and I want to practice the teachings of my guru. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Now, I used to go into the town. I, I, I was living in the countryside. I used to go into the nearby city once a week. So the next day I went into the city, and everywhere I went, I saw these posters plastered all over the place. Mm-hmm. learn meditation. There was a similar looking name like mine, you know, um, and he was giving a lecture He and he was dressed just like me. Mm-hmm. And it was on, it was on that night. So I thought, thought, to my, you know, everywhere I went, I, I, I saw these posters. So eventually I thought, well, maybe there's something in this um, I'll go. So I went and, um, and that was that I, I found my path. Mm-hmm. I felt, I actually felt a sense of homecoming uh, when I when I um, when I encountered um, my teacher and and the teachings and, and the whole thing. It, it felt very familiar to me.
1: Mm. It mm. Felt very
2: familiar. So, and, uh, what was it, so it about
1: the what was it about the teachings that was familiar to you? I mean, is there was there something specifically said that just kind of you resonated with, or was it a feeling?
2: It was his. It was his whole, the whole vibe, the the the, the feeling of the thing. But also what he said that uh, it, it resonated with, with what I'd been feeling that that we are uh, that we are here for something deeper than uh, what we're what what our everyday life um, gives us. Mm-hmm. That we should be that uh, that we're not going to find what we're ultimately looking for in the things of the world, the people and things of the world. That we have to look deeper, because we have a we have an infinite um, desire for for happiness,
3: mm.
2: um, and we can't satisfy that infinite desire for happiness with the things of the world. We have to look within ourselves and find the infinite within ourselves. We have to, we have to look within our own mind, and or rather, we have to go beyond the mind to find um, the infinite consciousness within our own as the essence of our own consciousness, and it's only then that we will be able to satisfy our desire for infinite happiness, because infinite happiness is the essence of infinite consciousness. Mm-hmm so this whole concept resonated with me because it's it was what i had been kind of working towards and it's been the basis of my philosophy, of the philosophy that i've learned ever since and the practice that i've practiced ever since
1: mm-hmm. and and let me let me ask you so when you are doing ananda Margo meditation can you explain the feeling or um, what you get when you make that connection to consciousness?
2: Yes. You use the word connection. It's a feeling of connection. It's a feeling of being of belonging. It's a feeling of um, peacefulness and happiness. And the more, the deeper you go into meditation, the deeper you can feel that and you can, if you can, if you if you go very deep, if you can really still your mind and really really go beyond your um, limited sense of self, you can have a very blissful experience. We call it bliss, anandam. The Sanskrit mm-hmm. word anandam is bliss, infinite happiness, perfect peace and contentment. So you can have very blissful experiences. When you do when you perform it, of course. You you don't have these experiences every time, it depends on the state of your mind, it depends on the particular um, it depends on where you're at at that particular time. But in general, the the experience that you have is an ever-deepening uh sense of connection to self, um, um uh, a greater a greater and greater sense of contentment and peace and happiness within yourself and that has even though as i said you don't necessarily have that a very have that really deep experience every time but my experience over the last 30 years is that that feeling has deepened within myself mm. as a whole so it kind of goes up and down on a day-to-day basis but over time it it has a kind of like a, it, it 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 deepens
1: yeah yeah now when you're into deep meditation and you're in that connection to consciousness do you have a sense of of ego of your own identity or do you just feel you're one with everything
2: well Your sense of ego, your sense of your separate individual identity, diminishes in relation to how much you, 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 how deep you go into it. Mm -hmm. So, if you go deep enough, you will lose your sense of individual self, Mm -hmm. and that will give you the 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 feeling of the infinite. the the more you lose your sense of individual self, the more you will identify with the greater self.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It, yeah. It's like a river. A river flows into the sea. And uh, the more you feel that you are a river of individual self flowing into the, to the sea of cosmic self, the more you feel that just like a river that you you are merging into the into the cosmic self mm-hmm. that you are losing your in fact it's not a matter, matter of loo- losing your sense of self it's a matter of losing your sense of self into the infinite self so r- rather merging into the infinite self expanding your sense of limited self into the uh, into the infinite self right the right the more you feel that the more blissful you will feel
1: right so basically it's kind of like a release of ego as you get deeper into yeah. this meditation yes and as you you get deep into meditation and you release your ego identity of yourself you become more of consciousness more of the all and so yeah. it just becomes now um when you're in that when you're in that state uh, do you get any kind what do you, when you get to that state what do you do at that point
2: you don't do anything you just don't want to hang out okay you, you you don't want to go you don't want to be anywhere else you just want to stay in that state okay
1: this so, is um, so kind of stay in the emptiness
2: The well, emptiness not, of. well it's not emptiness that's the thing it's it's fullness Okay. It's, it, we we have a tendency to think that it that anything beyond the mind would be emptiness, but actually it's it's the opposite. It's fullness. It's, yeah. it's a fullness that you cannot experience um, when you're in your own head. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we, we spend all our lives in our own heads thinking this or that, and we and we and therefore we think that that, that, that is fullness, but actually the f- fullness of our everyday reality is is um minuscule compared to the fullness of of uh, absorption in, in consciousness.
1: Right, right. So
2: because um, according to the, oh, the yogic philosophy, the uh, the world exists within consciousness. Right. So we're we're only experiencing a fraction of reality mm-hmm. in our in our everyday reality. Right. And, and it's only when we can absorb our, uh, when, when we can become absorbed in consciousness fully and totally that we can experience some complete fullness
1: mm-hmm. yeah when i say emptiness spiritual emptiness so in in buddhism um, the concept of spiritual emptiness is your definition of fullness it is mm. the it it is all of samsara all of creation collapses into the emptiness of consciousness and yes, from and from that a, emptiness all comes out
2: right it's the same thing it's the same but, thing it's, yeah but the way we the way we see it and the way or the, rather the way we talk about it is kind of a kind of the opposite mm, in mm. in um, in buddhism it, it's it's called you know nirvana or the the great void or, or the, the void or yeah yeah. Whereas we, we tend to describe it as as um, as everything as as the, yeah. um, the, the the great you know the oneness the, the, the fullness the,
1: right right it's yeah. it's it's the place it's the infinite space of consciousness in which everything comes out of and everything goes into
2: yes and the point is that it doesn't really matter how you describe it or right. how you conceive of it or how you think of it because it's indescribable it's inconceivable mm-hmm. it can only be experienced and the experience of, of it whether you're practicing buddhist meditation or whatever other type of meditation that you're doing is the same it's the mm-hmm. same for all people
1: right it's the same place we go to the same place we experience the same the yeah. same bliss when we get when we get to that, and there's different ways in which we're doing it's that now
2: different ways of describing it
1: right right it's the same thing yeah i I totally yeah. get that don't get so caught up in labels and boxes and definitions because it's just an experience yes. one one of many now you know um you had an actually normal childhood and you you had a normal college, so you know when but people look at normal yeah (laughs) when people look at you when people look at you now they you know they see oh yeah I didn't
3: look like this (laughs) yeah
1: yeah right right so um what was what was your childhood like and going into college because after college is when you got into meditation um but what was it like before that
2: well I grew up in a very kind of uh I suppose you could say normal um society and um I had you know, just normal friends and everything uh, and it it was I suppose you know normal for Western society um
1: normalized in what way like you're playing baseball well,
2: or I don't know I don't, what well I, I I mean I you know I, I, I I wasn't really a sporty guy, but yeah, I played. um, I I used to um, I used to prefer individual sports rather Mm -hmm. than team sports. Mm -hmm. I was, I guess, I guess the difference between that I always noticed between me and other people was that I preferred to be alone. Actually, I always preferred to be alone, and I was pushed into. Doing things that um, i wasn 't antisocial i mean it's not like i you know I wanted to avoid other people or anything like that, but i was always I, I I was more introversial than other people and I preferred to be i liked being by myself and kind of you know climbing trees and and then I got into sports which were more- into, uh, more um, individualistic like uh, um, you know, sailing and. and
1: uh, Which is still kind of individual.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Sailing is still individual well, sport. Hiking
2: and windsurfing and things like that I did. So I, I liked being, for example, I liked being out in, on the sea, alone on the sea. Mm-hmm. I liked being alone in the middle of the forest. That That was my preferred kind of experience. I. I, I didn't like the idea of being on a football field, mm. and, you know,
3: <laughs> playing or <Yeah. with>
2: <laughs> chasing a ball. Yeah, you know that, that kind of thing. I, 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 but I loved the idea of being a lo- out alone on the sea or in the middle mm. of the forest, things like mm. that. So I always I gravitated towards that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You're water boy. Um,
2: yeah I, I because i i liked um, I liked the idea of feeling the of feeling uh, um, part of a great uh, of, of feeling greatness around me of feeling um, uh, endlessness around me so mm-hmm. i tried to um, you know i tried to get that um, doing doing things like that and uh, so looking back on it it was probably a kind of a um, I mean, I, I, I was, I was probably. Um, uh, it was part, part of my pr- the process of of doing what I'm doing now, I suppose, of finding what I'm doing now, which is yeah. a which is a deeper, much deeper way, a more internal way of doing that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like meditation sports. In ter- in terms yeah. of sports yeah. for kids, that's kind of like uh, a lot of those individual sports yeah. are kind of in, you're in your own field. Yeah, it's kind of like meditation sport for yourself. Um, you're. Mm you're playing against yourself and you're, you know, right. focusing on yourself and your, um, your, mm-hmm. what your next intent is. Well, that goes into the next thing also. Now, when you went to college, what did you go to college for? Did you just go just because there was, that was the thing to do? Or was there a major that you initially went into college to pursue?
2: A- actually, I didn't really think about it too much. And, uh, Uh, I I should have I should have when I finished uh, high school I should have just stopped and said to myself well what do you really want to do Mm. but actually looking back on it I I never did that I never said to myself well what do you really want to do is this is this something you really want to do I I just I just went into this uh, um, university and studied what I did Mm -hmm. because what did you study medicine
1: medicine Oh, okay. So you were interest. You're premed at the time.
2: Yeah, I, well, yeah. I, I studied it for five years before I dropped out. Mm. Um, because it, I just kind of found myself there. I didn't really um, make a make an effort to to go in any other direction. It, I was just kind of. It, it, it was just the direction in which I came out of high school and in which I found myself. Mm. But I should have said, you know, because after five years, or so, well, I'm a slow learner, you know, I, I, I should have realized it before, but I, I, I suddenly realized that this isn't really what I want to do. Right. Um, for the rest of my life.
1: Right. What what would you have done differently if you if you had decided earlier would you have gone into meditation earlier or gone into traveling the world first maybe doing a little um self reflection uh, after high school
2: Well that was part of, that was part of the problem. I did travel I did I did go traveling for a year mm. after my fifth year of, of study and when I came back I just couldn't get back into it. So that was part of the thing. But I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight that I would have done this or I should have done that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but maybe, but maybe it was part of my journey mm-hmm. um, to kind of know that to know yeah. what you
1: didn't want, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's easy to say now that you know I, sh- I should have just gone into um, what I really wanted to do and and, mm-hmm. and done meditation and stuff. Um, Right from the beginning, but maybe I needed to go through that in order to to really for that, um, for my, um, my karma um, to ripen around this, um, around what I'm doing now.
1: Right, so that you can really think into your, what you're doing right now. Well, sometimes you have to do that. Um, sometimes yeah. you have to get into an experience and know that you either want it or you really don't want it, but you right. don't know until you get into that experience and then you
2: can exactly. decide for
1: yourself. So sometimes yeah, you a- need
2: to go backwards in order to go forward. You need to go into something that you, 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 don't really want to do in order to realize that you don't want to do it and go the other way.
1: Yeah yeah and that's that's really good um piece of advice especially for um young adults coming you know into their um, young adulthood after college or even if they're going to college right now and they're just kind of bumping around with really no focus or direction um mm. that you know, sometimes it's good to take a break and just check on yourself to see okay is this really what i, I really want to go into and if you really don't have the passion for it it's, Especially if you do meditation and you connect to consciousness and you, um, you know, raise your frequency higher and higher into that state of awareness, you're not. It's really hard to do something that you're just not really interested in or passionate about. It's almost like it's going to kill you.
2: Right. I mean, I would give the. I, I think the best advice, or um, you know, part, some of the best advice that young people could have, is that they should really do what they what they love doing, that what they really want to do, because you're not going to be good at something unless you really want to do it, unless you re- really like doing it. Mm-hmm. So do what you like doing, do what you love doing, and then you'll be good at it. It doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as it's um, you know, not, not, not destructive, but as long as it's a constructive um, occupation, but uh, mm-hmm. do what you really love doing rather than what, people expect you to do or, or what others want you to do, what society wants you to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We don't
2: have to, we don't have to follow the, the, um, the path or the, 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 the road that society lays down for us.
1: Or even what your parents yeah. laid down for you.
2: Exactly. Because it's not yeah. always. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody has to be a doctor or a lawyer. No. <laughs> right and there are there are many paths and there are many different ways in which you can live your life and you've you've shown that the being the doctor route didn't really resonate with you um and it's not what you wanted for the rest of your life so you ended up finding yeah. another path there's, that there's really nothing, really connected with you with,
2: right there's nothing wrong with that it, it just wasn't right for me mm-hmm. so um yeah and and i guess i guess the but i guess the um the 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 best thing that I, or rather the the most important thing that I would advise young people today is that there is a deeper meaning to life. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Because, you know, especially in today's society where um, you know, we're caught up with technology and and, uh, social media and things like Mm -hmm. that a lot more than we used to be. And but at the same time, I think young people are searching for meaning more than more than we we used to when we we were young. I think uh, I think in general the the um, uh, the younger generations are more um, are searching. More, they're, they're, I think, in general, the, each each successive generation is more evolved than the previous one, and mm. I think that goes especially today, where you know, millennial and 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 I don't know what the kids are called these days, but kids, um, <laughs> yeah, Generation X and Y and Z, and you know. They're, they're really quite insightful and um, mm-hmm. they're really quite evolved as, as human beings.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, so, they're, so they're searching, in a way they're searching for meaning really deeply, mm-hmm. but at the same time they're distracted much more than we used to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah i i couldn't agree more with the distractions because um like like for for instance i i enjoy doing this podcast interviewing wonderful people like yourself on on different ways to connect to consciousness and just get that tune up (laughs) that spiritual tune up um but Mm -hmm with all the things going on, it's easy to get so distracted and then lose focus on completing the tasks or completing the projects that you really, really are passionate about and want to get completed or started or finish. And the yes. thing that I've noticed very commonly that I think meditation um, and maybe Ananda Margo meditation may help a lot of people in this fast paced world of constant The the information superhighway of news and social media and things going on and all these different things that are fascinating, but they can function as a distraction from people completing the things that they want to do. So all these distractions can prevent young adults from graduating high school or from graduating any kind of curriculum, that post-high school curriculum that they're doing, or from just completing tasks. There seems to be a, um, a surge of lack of completing a project yeah. or completing a task. The completion is the missing element that is missing. Starting is easy, but completing seems to be the thing that people get sidetracked and don't focus on. And so not, what... only,
2: not only not completing tasks uh, or, uh, or, or, um, or fulfilling life goals, but also not completing or fulfilling one's ultimate task, an mm-hmm. ultimate life goal, which is, according to yogic ph- philosophy, to realize your, oneself, to, 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 um, to find peace and fulfillment within yourself so you're right that it, it, it there's so many distractions that take us away from the the more important tasks and goals that we may have in our lives yeah. and and especially and especially the most important task and goal that we have in our lives um and so people especially young people that that are, uh, Um, uh, deeply um, they're very sensitive these days they're they're deeply um, very they're 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 really searching for something more in their lives and they can get disillusioned yeah they can and i'm sure it 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 happens it happens a lot that they get disillusioned because they're not being given the answers that they're looking for they're not finding what they're looking for within all this um this cloud of information Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: the cloud the cloud of information that's orbiting around each one of us
1: yeah you gotta find a focus
2: yeah it's so dense now i mean when Mm -hmm. when i was growing i don't know about you but when i was growing up uh, when I was uh, a, a young boy, there was there was a black and white TV. There was an yep. on and off button on it, and there was simple. An, and there was one or two channels. Yeah, you just know, the, I mean, the, sit there and you play yeah. with the
1: antenna trying to get
2: the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah, get right. the
1: pixels to look right. And,
2: but, yeah, and then there was the radio and mm-hmm. and, and and books. So the one, the cloud, two, three. The, yeah, right. So the cloud of information wasn't very dense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but now, but now you look at the information cloud that's surrounding each one of us. It's it's so dense mm-hmm. that you could ha- you can hardly see through it. You can hardly see anything else. Yeah. This is, the, is this is the the problem. We have we have all the information that we need, and in fact, we have too much information. We have information overload. That's mm-hmm. our problem. Rather than yeah. having not enough information these days, we have our problem is that we have too much of it yeah so so the, so the problem is that it cannot as you say as you said before it, it, it not only takes us away from life tasks and goals but it takes us away from our most important life task and goal
0: and that yeah. and that is to
2: realize ourselves to realize yeah. ourselves as the one infinite consciousness of the universe because only that realization is going to give us what we what we ultimately Want, and that is infinite happiness perfect peace and contentment total fulfillment
1: yeah i mean that's a baseline that's a that's a baseline i mean i i i totally get it even in buddhism and in many eastern philosophies um recognizing your connection to the infinite creator inside yourself and in everyone else right. is a basic teaching
3: yeah, there's no be. need
1: to look outside there because it that life force is in everyone, and since it's in everyone, you need to learn to live peacefully in this right. rock that's behind you, with your the people you like and even also your enemies. Right. <laughs> so, right yeah,
3: um, yeah. So, otherwise, you're
1: just going to go into ego all the time. It's easy right. to fall into the pitfalls of ego if you disconnect from your connection to the main creator yeah. inside you
2: because ultimately there is no other there's no we, we, we perceive others all around us all, mm-hmm. all the time but ultimately there, there are no others we are all one we, whenever we have a disagreement or a conflict with someone it's often a reflection of ourselves
3: mm-hmm.
2: so uh, we need to really cultivate this feeling of oneness within ourselves and also amongst ourselves the more we can do that then the more harmonious we will be, the more peaceful we, we will be within ourselves and the more harmonious the world will be, our relationship mm. is. So what, as part of our, uh, because in Anandamarga we have a philosophy, we have philosophy and we have practice. Right. The practice is the main thing. But, um, and we also have, as well as a philosophy and practice, we also have uh, a, a feeling of, helping others in fact what we call service or service to or service to the universe service mm-hmm. to others is a big part of our spiritual practice
0: mm-hmm. and
2: part of that is we we um, we have a system of education and we have many schools around the world mm-hmm. um, and part of our education system uh, is meditation uh well uh, okay, meditation, and also the teaching of proper ethics, moral values, ethical yeah. values, and, uh-huh. and morality. And and that's what we believe is missing. Uh, you know, from, okay, if you, if you look at um, education and the typical, um, in any country's typical education system, you don't, you, you hardly find anything, any teaching about, what is the right thing to do? There should yeah. be, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, you know, intellect, academic sub- subjects and intellectual things and, and creativity and coming in more and stuff like that. But there should also be a lot of a, a deep emphasis on how to live right, the right way. What is Well, the let right- me ask
1: you this. What about religions? Why don't religion? Because the, 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 the moral compass comes from a lot of the world religions. How come that's not working?
2: Well, religion is. I, I believe the essence of all religions is the same.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And the moral compass should, should be the same. However, I think that in, in, in each, in every religion, that essence, that common essence is covered up by other things as well. Mm. So it's a matter of finding the, the, um, the essence within each religion.
1: Yeah. See, and, and this is like, so, in, in terms of education of children and adding meditation as a recreation um i could see like you know how in for electives in schools especially in middle school and high school for in primary school they have electives where you can choose different you know subjects that are yeah. kind of fun and i i think it would be very um beneficial to offer an elective class where instead of shop or cooking classes or you know whatever which is wonderful um mm-hmm. not don't get me wrong but meditation classes like here is an elective class where you just we're going to go through different meditation yeah. styles and this is a elective that you can choose as well as all the other selections for your fun elective well, i'd go
2: i'd go one step further and say hmm. look you know for the elective by all means, explore different meditation um, uh, techniques or explore, explore the different religions and, and find out what, what makes them, them tick, what, what, what goes on, uh, what, what's their philosophy, what's their practice. Um, you know, so do all, do all so that kind of stuff for the electives. Yeah, yeah. But, but have a daily practice of meditation that you do in class every day.
1: Yeah, or I think they call that a sixth or seventh period where, I mean, some, some schools, they'll have a certain period where this is your free time, you could do what, what you want to, but it's not like you can go, okay, well, I'm going to go outside and meditate underneath the tree so uh, a little you bit more should oh, you but
3: should, you be, should
1: able. be able to do that right for the kids who want to so or who want to go outside during their elective hour to go outside and do yoga poses or do um you know just different different things that kind of help them get that connection to source but the thing of the religions that, that is interesting also because you have because one thing is there's that Meditation can help you with your connection to source and, you know, feel that subtle energy. But the thing with the moral compass is I can also see a, um, I don't know how it would look, but different coursework where the children are given scenarios and then ask them, how would they solve this?
2: Right. That's a great great
1: idea. And leave it open because when you have given a problem, and you're kind of a problem that's kind of like stuck in a rock in a hard place, then you're, and then you're given, you can do anything to resolve this problem. So how would you resolve it? That goes into evaluating the moral compass. Well, is it good yeah. to go further what, or not?
2: Yeah, and, that, that, and that's interesting for children, for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's not interesting to be told what to do what's interesting is to be given a, a, as you say, a dilemma where you're in in between a rock and a hard place. And what would you do? Yeah. So that, that would be a a great way of, of, uh, of, of teaching kids. Yeah. Um, just different
1: exercises and given world, given world problems to, to resolve. Like you could do anything. How would you resolve homelessness in Hmm. Seattle? Or how would you resolve the deserts in Africa? You can do anything. You have everything available to you how would you resolve that how would you resolve helping this specific um, culture but still at the same time respect the culture and not put your own influence on it you know so you know just give them those kind of caveats and then see what they come up with Um, because the the studies of religion curriculum is you you're going to have the ones that see consciousness and source inside everyone like you and I, we're on, the, we're, we're on the same side of the coin. We see universal consciousness inside everyone. And then there's a dual aspect of that concept that sees it separate and outside of themselves.
2: Yeah. That's so the what base, do you do with that? Yeah, right. Well, that's, that's the basis of Semitic religions that there's a kind of a duality that, that, that never kind of gets resolved. Um. Whereas the Eastern religions are more have a more uh, unified kind of uh concept to them
1: mm-hmm. so, so what makes Aman- ananda margo meditation unique from all the other forms of meditation out there
2: well okay uh i can't really I can't really speak in detail about the other forms of meditation because I've actually only ever practiced an under meditation. Oh, okay. um, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really find any other form of meditation before I found an under meditation, but I can, I can talk gen- generally to that. Um, basically, I think, I think you'll find that there are two, two types of meditation. And I would call one of them, the the mindfulness kind of, you know, watching your thoughts and breathing kind of thing, Mm. uh, a passive meditation. Mm -hmm. Whereas what we practice in in Anandamaga and other types of mantra meditations are more proactive. Mm. We use a mantra to instill to actively instill the feeling, the concept of oneness, of Mm. of infinity within oneself. So it's a a proactive uh, type of meditation where you use mantra to, uh, to instill in your mind the feeling of... Infinite oneness, mm. and of course there are other forms of meditation that do that also. TM and uh, um, self-realization fellowship and things like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What I feel distinguishes Ananda Marga is the depth and uh, and the and the comprehensiveness of our of our practice we have for example uh we we practice um not everyone that practices an undermind meditation but there is scope to practice um three or four different types of meditation or rather uh, um Yeah, types of meditation, I suppose you could call it. Mm. And, for example, within the first type, there are six lessons. So there's not just one lesson that you practice. There are six lessons. Mm. So one, for example, gives you, the first lesson gives you, instills the feeling that you are the infinite consciousness of the universe. Mm -hmm. The second lesson instills the feeling that everybody else and everything is also an expression of that infinite consciousness, the greatest self. Mm -hmm. The third lesson works on your chakras. The fourth lesson is a pranayama, a breathing breathing technique. Mm -hmm. The fifth lesson is another way of working on the chakras. And the sixth lesson is a deeper way of instilling the feeling of um, infinite consciousness within yourself. So, th- so there's six lessons there just in the first type of meditation mm-hmm. uh, that most of the, our practitioners practice. And then there are other styles as well that you can go into. There's um, another one that I practice uh, every month. Um, at midnight and that's a special type of meditation i can't go into the details about that because it's secret but um and then there's 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 another one related to that our guru gave um, certain um, people that also can't talk about it um, related to um, a new science that he introduced uh, which um which is a new way of looking at the world and and, and energy and consciousness, mm-hmm. and then there's a whole, then there's a, a kind of a higher, a much higher and deeper meditation, mm-hmm. which which has which has eleven or twelve lessons, that that go into that kind of take the. The, the first six lessons and make them even more fine-grained and and uh, more detailed and, uh, and go into it in a more kind of, in a more fine-grained way. So I think the, I, I mean, as I said before, I can't really speak about other styles of meditation, but what I can say is that Ananda Maga meditation is very, very deep and it's very, very comprehensive. Right, right. It, it works on your whole being. It lifts your whole being at the same time. And it's, you, you don't necessarily get instant results. It, uh, but it, over time, you notice great and profound changes within yourself it's it's a meditation process which is designed to be lifelong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not something that you can just practice for or you can you can practice it for uh, a day or a a week or a month or a year or a few years Um, but it's best if you if you adopt it for the for your whole life and you keep going and then as a lifelong process it will have a very deep and profound effect
1: wonderful wonderful well you know um you are known best for your presentation on consciousness at the TEDx nusa talk which is a video which is on the video description for those who want to watch it i'll put it in the description of this video but I've always wanted to do a TEDx talk. So what was it like doing a TEDx talk?
2: Well, it was a very uh it was a very cosmic experience for me. Yeah,
1: you have kind of an interesting story about that fateful day.
2: How do you how do you know that?
1: Cuz I just asked you that question. what's your interesting story about that you're very insightful
2: you're very insightful because i do have an interesting story well tell
1: us about it
2: um i'm I'm surprised that you that you have some kind of an insight into it well i want to hear Um, it okay here goes i actually got i actually got really sick about um must have been about a week before the the day Hmm. and um I got some. I got some kind of a. I think it was Legionnaires' disease. It's. So, it's oh, that
1: sounds bad.
2: It's a, it's a um, pneumonia. Okay. A, I
1: think they,
2: they they didn't really um, diagnose it. Come to a definite diagnosis in the end, but I think that's what it was. It's a, it's a certain c- kind of pneumonia that, um, you you feel like you have the flu, but you also have a kind of a. Um, Pneumonia symptoms as well. you can't breathe properly, so i so I got quite sick it was I got really quite sick, and um I started thinking to myself well am i am I actually going to be able to do this
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, so um anyway i um I pushed on and um, i they they put me up in a in a hotel in a kind of a it wasn't a it was a resort it was a, this kind of five star resort kind of place
1: yeah but when uh, you're feeling like crud five star one yeah. star doesn't it, make
2: a difference it didn't make any difference to me yeah that's <laughs> right so anyway i woke up i woke up on the i hadn't uh, i hadn't eaten for a week i i was i was i was just i was really sick i woke up on the morning do you think not tour.
1: eating for a week helped out the
2: Engineers,
1: because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you didn't well, eat for a well, week well, and then you got well,
2: sick. When you're sick, you don't eat, do you? You don't. Oh, feel yeah.
1: Like.
2: So it was just, you know, just because of that that I didn't eat. Mm. Um. So I wake up on the morning of the talk and I still felt the same. Mm. And uh, and I, I had a friend with me because I could I could invite a friend, also. So I I asked him to take me to the hospital. And I went to the hospital at about five o'clock, uh, must be about five or six in the morning. And I said to them, I actually said to them, I've got a TEDx talk today. Can you do anything for me?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're like, yeah, stop making stuff up. Sit, yeah. Get a ticket. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And they, they couldn't, they couldn't do anything. They just said, oh, you know, we can't really, um you know, we, we'd have to do a diagnosis first. And then anyway, so then I kind of, so then, I, I gradually, I, I found that after that, then I went back to the hotel and then uh, fortunately my talk was in the afternoon, but gradually in the course of that day, I gradually felt better and better. Mm, good. And then finally, by the time of my talk, I felt great actually.
1: Okay, so what was happening? Yeah. Was it like consciousness going? Oh, well, let's cleaning yeah. this stuff up, well, or I, were you thinking I, yourself better? Or
2: I think it was. Um, I th- I think there was something in it. There was something deep deeper in it that I think higher. You know, the, the higher consciousness was helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your your high our higher consciousness is our own deeper deepest consciousness. So, I think, you know subconsciously or um yes one second yeah hit record so um oh no i wasn't (laughs) yeah Yeah. so
1: you got better you started getting better by doing the TEDx talk happened
2: so so when i walked out on stage i was feeling great Hmm. and um and i gave the talk but but what happened was um uh I, I, I got to my last line and, you know, the, my last line was what I thought was a real killer line, you know, a great, a great final punchline. line,
3: yeah.
2: you know, something that would have just really just sealed the deal. Kind of thing. Yeah. And, and just as I got to the last line, it's as though my, my brain just shut down and my mind said, okay, that's it. That's enough that's you know, your.
1: That's enough of your extension
2: <laughs> exactly you've been through enough already there's 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 no more left you know that's it you've come to the the bottom of the barrel kind of thing and I couldn't remember my last line so I was really kicking myself that I, yeah, I couldn't remember the last line but anyway it, it worked out well in the end but what happened was Uh, I finished the talk and then um, there was a kind of like a a meetup afterwards where, you know, the the, the speakers could mingle with the audience and I was signing books and things like that and I I was feeling great. And then eventually when I went back to um, to my room,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm not making this up, I'm not exaggerating. As soon as I stepped into the room, my stepping into the room was like a switch. As soon as I stepped into the room, I felt terrible again. Oh! And, and I was <laughs> as sick as a dog for another week.
3: Oh no! <laughs> so,
1: well, so thank goodness, thank thank yeah. the universe that
2: we you, you got, got together my, during that. Consciousness has a way of. Uh, you know, helping you through things. If you really, if you really have a, the right determination and sincerity and you, and you dig deep within yourself, mm-hmm. you can find the the resources within yourself. You can find what you need within yourself to get you through anything. And that was a good, that was a good um, uh, um, example of that.
1: Right. And that goes back to the earlier discussion about distractions. That was one of the biggest distractions that you could possibly get when you don't need any distractions and somehow you found a way to channel the distraction focus get into the right. zone deliver what you need to deliver and then when you're done you you can go back to yeah. what you were what was bugging you in the first place that's
2: exactly what happened
1: yeah, yeah. it's a lesson and in, in, i think i call that a lesson in compartmentalizing yep. focus well you know some would say um and and that i watched that tedx talks and it was about consciousness exploration so like some would say that space exploration is the final frontier and i see on the backdrop picture you have a picture of planet earth and that looks like a satellite image around there the um the
2: mechanical thing i'm on the space station
1: okay so you're on the space station you have a beautiful water view of Earth behind you. <laughs> the best water view. So um but in the Star Trek series, you know, that Star Trek series where they start off as space, the final frontier, um, there is a character called Q. And Q in the Star Trek series argues with Captain Picard that the final frontier is actually consciousness. And he continues to always kind of probe him to kind of um, get into consciousness, because that is the pathway in which Q became part of what they call the collective. Or it's another term for um, ascended masters, is what, um, what a lot of people recognize that as well. So yeah. what are your thoughts on, um, you know, consciousness being the final frontier, or is it space as the final frontier, or is it both?
2: Well, it's really mind-blowing to me to hear you say that because I honestly didn't know about Q and him kind of talking about consciousness as the final frontier. I I made the title of my talk, um, consciousness, the final frontier, I made it as a kind of a um, a play on space, the final frontier and and thought that I would take that into the take it to the next level, which is consciousness, but I honestly um didn 't know about Q doing that in the series until you you told me just now so um, yeah okay I, I agree with him i uh, I agree wholeheartedly with him i i 'm with him on that. Uh, that um you know space the final frontier okay uh but the the thing is that you know space is vast i did a um i i i talked to uh, i i formulated an analogy in my tedx talk and uh, i don't know if you remember it and the the analogy is that um at the current estimate of the size of our universe and and the speed of light and everything mm-hmm. um, i I talked about how if we if we imagine that uh, the the size of our universe, the estimated size of our universe, is actually the size of our planet
3: mm-hmm.
2: then the size of our planet would actually be. About the average, the, the size of an average-sized atom,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, or a billionth of the size of a pinhead,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? So that's a kind of a way of, of conceptualizing how big the universe actually is.
1: Yeah. That.
2: Wow. That that um, you know our in this analogy, our planet is the size of an atom. And the universe is the size of the planet. Yeah. So, so the point is that space is is absolutely it's vast. It's in it's all it's practically inconceivable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not limitless. It's not infinite. According to the yogic philosophy, mm-hmm. the universe is vast, but it's not infinite. It has. It has a, a, it's demarcated. It has a size and shape.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: According to the yogic philosophy, it's oval shaped.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, here's another question that kind of falls in that line of the vastness of consciousness and the infiniteness of consciousness. A lot of people get really, really caught up with the everyday, um, the aspects of their everyday. So you know, how can they, how can, what recommendations do you have for them to kind of tune into and be one with consciousness and also still be able to, you know, do the things they need to do. Like if they're a mom, they still have to do certain things as a mom to take care of the children, or yeah. if they have pets, they still have to do certain things to take care of their pets. You know, we all have our roles that we play in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um And so not everybody is going to be independent meditator and, and, and have um, your plate to work with. So how do we, how do in, in busy life, how do we tune into consciousness and still be present with all the, our other responsibilities?
2: Okay. So, well, first of all, we, we've got to keep in mind that whatever we do in our everyday lives is not going to give us what we're ultimately looking for. Space is vast, but it's not infinite. We're never going to find the infinite, no matter where we look. We 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 could have the whole universe at our disposal, but it's not going to give us what we're ultimately looking for. But as you say, at the same time, we have various responsibilities. We we're we're looking after our own physical existence because without our own physical existence, we couldn't, we, 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 couldn't think we couldn't function. We couldn't, we couldn't go deeper within ourselves. Yeah. We're looking after the physical existence of our family, our our children, our, Mm -hmm. our immediate family. Our greater family, our friends, our where we have we have to go to work. We have to do well. I don't, but
1: <laughs> yeah, not everybody has your lot. Yeah, and not everybody necessarily everybody wants what, what the same lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and uh, we, we we're all working towards a better world. We're trying to do the best we can within our own community and the society mm. um, in general, and and we're all working towards a better world. So we have. All these worldly things to do in our lives
3: mm-hmm.
2: but if we realize if we really recognize that okay that that stuff is all very well and it's and it's forming part of our own individual j- journey as well as our collective journey as well but our primary goal is to go beyond our everyday reality. It's the everyday reality which is forming the, our journey of going beyond the everyday reality.
1: Right, right.
2: Like, for example, I like to tell People that regardless of what's the negative stuff that's going on in the world today, we're, we're, we're getting closer to, to, to a more harmonious world. We're getting closer to where we want to be within ourselves and amongst ourselves. Re- it's Regardless of the negative things that are... It, mm-hmm. In fact, it's, it's because of the negative things that are happening. Mm-hmm. The negative things... The obstacles in our lives, the conflicts in our lives, both personally and socially, um, individually as well as collectively, are in a way facilitating our evolution into consciousness.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, so dis- is- it goes back to the earlier this. It goes back to the earlier discussion about your caught co- when you went into college looking to go into mm-hmm. medicine and realizing that that's not what you wanted once you got in there. Right.
2: It's so fun- all these things, all these things are important. But we also have to take time out every day to, to fulfill our primary goal. And that is to, we're, we're all working towards enlightenment. We're all working towards self-realization. Right, right. You can call it whatever we want to call it, but it's the same thing. We're all working towards a complete and total sense of fulfillment within ourselves. Right. So what we have to do is, we have to do all our individual uh, and, and collective duties. <clears throat> We're looking after kids or going to school or going to work or whatever. Um, we also have to look after ourselves intellectually and creatively. We have to take time out to enjoy ourselves creatively. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: it's a balance.
2: Yeah, you know, we, we have to have a balanced life. Yeah, But at the same time, we have to take time out twice a day in the morning and in the evening, and close our eyes and really go into try to go into deep meditation. Try to make a connection with our with our inner self and really try to fulfill our deepest longing, which is uh, the sense of of oneness within ourselves.
1: Right, right. Let me ask you this about that. So, I want to ask you the final doorway question: um, connection to the consciousness during your lifetime. Through, medita- through Ananda Margo meditation or any other kind of meditation or any other kind of modality in which you have a connection to source consciousness. Um, that helps when, in Buddhism, that helps when you pass on your after your life is over with and you get the choice. Do you want to go back into the fullness of consciousness and be reemerge with consciousness um and completely let go of your ticket to getting reincarnated again to another life experience um so get rid of your completely let go of your ego so you can be reemerged with the fullness of consciousness um so with that decision, I know what you're gonna say what would you say? You've already been doing it your whole life. So does it make it easier for you to walk through that final doorway?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. It makes it easier. Of course, it'll make it easier. But I'm not saying that um, I can't guarantee that, that I'll be in a, a state of mind where I'll actually be able to do that when the time comes. But I'm working, ah! towards, <laughs> working towards it for sure. Um, we, we, have, we have the same concept in yoga. Mm-hmm. That um, when you leave your body, you... Uh, um, whatever state of mind you're in will determine your next birth, mm-hmm. and yeah. a, a, and if you are in a higher in a high enough state of mind, you can transcend birth um, uh, completely. And and not and not take it take birth again. Yeah, you not can, do
1: another cycle in the wheel of dharma.
2: You, you can merge in the infinite consciousness, the higher consciousness, yeah. instead of taking birth as another uh, being. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends. It depends on your state of mind at the time of death. Yeah. And so so that's very important. And and you can only the only way you can in, ensure a higher state of mind. At the at the time of death, is to practice meditation, uh, practice in, introspection, practice practice deep reflection mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yep, that's yep. the only way you can ensure it. Because yeah. if you're if you're not going forward, you're going backwards.
1: Yeah, you're going back into the wheel, wheel, the wheel of Dharma, into another yeah. incarnation, whether it be mm-hmm. on Earth or on another planet or another solar system, a universe, another aspect of creation. You experience yeah, another right? aspect of
2: you, fullness. You will always, you will always get what the mind wants. Mm. If the mind really wants to be, uh, um, or rather, I should say that you might you might uh, consciously think to yourself, okay, I don't want to come back. I want to be, I want to merge, I want to go to heaven. I want to merge with the infinite consciousness kind of thing. But you may say that consciously, but deep inside you have a deep desire to... Experience something else. To experience something else. Yeah, yeah. So so you will always get what you want deep within yourself.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, The trick is... To, to really make sure that what you want deep within yourself is the deepest thing that you could possibly it's want. It's really
1: what you want. Yeah, I ask, I ask people in spiritual spaces and whatever modality they do to connect to consciousness and connect to that source energy. And then I ask them this, this defining question. At the very end of this life cycle, will you walk through that final doorway and get reemerged with the fullness of creation? And not... Go back into samsara once more in another experience, and at that point they're like, "Ooh, ooh, there's a lot of experiences in creation I have yet to experience." And they're like, "Oh, sorry, well, I'm gonna have to pass giveaway, on the void for another one."
2: That's a, that's a dead giveaway. They, they they're coming <laughs> back. They're coming back for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's
1: and then it's like, okay, well, you just followed the rabbit hole all the way down to the fullness of source. Yeah. And you turned around. Most people that I have found when I ask that final doorway question, they turn around because they're not done with playing the game of creation yet. They're not done with playing within samsara yet. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody's judging because source is inside everybody anyways. And it's having all the experiences.
2: And and we're all on on the journey. And um, uh, the thing is that it's inevitable for each and every one of us to eventually take that final jump.
1: We will eventually, in our at some point in our creation, we're going to all take that final jump and get reimmersed with infinity and source consciousness, and just yeah. not no longer be our own ego individuality. We'll be part of the whole, and the whole is one. But um, until then, yeah. and yeah. And everybody's infinite in in ananda meditation and in many eastern philosophies and buddhism as well everybody's infinite so there is no timeline and there is no judgment so when you're ready you will do it and until then um try not to create so much havoc for you to work with (laughs) (laughs) how many lifetimes do you have to create havoc
0: i
2: know right while you're on the journey yeah
1: Mm -hmm, definitely definitely yeah that's another thing i wanted to ask i have two more questions for you what do you say to people who challenge other spiritual teachers or people who do not actively participate in various current events and movements that they're not really resonate with you know what do you say to that
2: well again we're all on our own we're all on our own journey and um and it, it's all part of the same journey. And some people are just in a place where they don't want to participate.
3: Yeah. Or yeah. some
2: people are in a place where they want to be contrary and uh, and uh, and um, question or oppose or um, or um, uh, assert themselves as being more superior than others or whatever. Right. Right. So, yeah. Um, but but we're but we're all on we're all on the same uh, path, Mm -hmm. we're all on the same journey, it's just that, you know, some of us get kind of waylaid, and, 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 or, um, or, uh, uh, you know, uh, some of us get, get, get stuck, or get caught up in, in different ways, modes of thinking, or, or mm-hmm. ways of being um but uh, ultimately we're we're all going to come around um and, and and see the light basically i mean yeah. i know that sounds a bit evangelical but <laughs> we're yeah <all> <laughs> see the light. yeah so um, everybody's so everybody's one basi- or another.
1: right so everybody's basically on their own journey and you it's not advised to um guilt other people for not supporting your campaign or your um, movement or anything else, because they're all doing their little piece. And, and if you're drawn to something, that's wonderful. Um, If you're not drawn to doing it, it doesn't make you a bad person.
2: Right. Absolutely. But at the same time, uh, it's part of the Anandamaga philosophy, not to be passive, not to passively allow people to do things that are destructive to Mm. Um, to the to the welfare of others.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: so if people are in a really negative space where they're being antisocial and they're being destructive and they're being and they're hurting others, then we should oppose them.
3: Mm-hmm. Do,
2: it, do it with love, of course. Yeah. But but we should oppose uh, actions which are uh, harmful to right others in society to society as a whole and to to individuals within society right we have an obligation to do that
1: right that that goes back to the the lesson of um discernment and boundaries Mm. and also um uh knowing you know kind of having some wisdom to know when you step in and when you don't, like how far do you take certain things and um, just, just being responsible with the actions or the do-goodness that, that, that you participate in. So, because um, there's, I always kind of go, there's a middle middle way for everything. It's not so much one side or so much the other side. It's, it's somewhere in the middle, we can always find some way in which we can find resolution to um, a lot of the I mean, current events.
2: Yeah, it relates to what we were talking about before. Doing the right thing, you know, mm-hmm. teaching kids, you know, to always try to do the right thing under uh, under any given circumstance. So, you know, this re- this relates to our conscience. Mm-hmm. We all have a sense of conscience. What is the right thing to do? So, we we well, we find ourselves in circumstances where we know it's the right thing to to stick our necks out, to put ourselves on the line. And we know it's going to be difficult for us. We know it's going to, you know, we're going to have to put ourselves out. But at the same time, we know it's the right thing to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So mm-hmm. I think it, it's a matter of acting according to one's conscience,
1: Yeah, yeah, whatever you're you're drawn to. Well, that's a Mm. wonderful last message to help people who are witnessing the world metamorphosize into a higher version of itself. And when, just like a butterfly, when it does that, it's always a little chaotic and a little scary
3: Mm.
1: until you get to the other side. So I definitely, um, I'm with you in that it is getting better. We just don't quite see it yet, but the dust is going to settle. Well, I can see it. You could, I can I can I, no, see, I, 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 I can yeah. too. I I can yeah. too. We're, I'm, we're
2: definitely heading to a to a really good place, both individually as well as collectively. Yeah, yeah,
1: planet. yeah. Whenever things are very polarizing, um, that's a metamorphosis um, it, yeah. in nature. When things are polarizing in nature, that's a metamorphosis. That's a transition, and something emerges, usually better on the other side. So you know, right. well, Dada i had a great time thank you for an enjoyable e-
2: interview oh,
1: yeah for Thanks wonderful so
2: excited, great to talk to you
1: yeah for wonderful insights into the power of consciousness exploration through meditation so everyone for more information about dada um gunamutananda's offerings please go and hit, hit up his website which is consciousfrontier.org. And that's where you can see all of his interviews, all his blogs, and um, all of his insights from his 30 years of meditation. And remember, I've written books on this. Meditation changes physical reality. It's already been scientifically proven. So it's just a matter of if you want to participate in that activity or not. So thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time. Blessings. (laughs)
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com the views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.